This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. The Mike Francesa Podcast, and we welcome in an old friend and obviously a favorite uh, to many, especially uh, you Yankee fans, and that of course. Uh, the one and only Bernie Williams. Bernie, welcome. How are you? I am doing great, Mike. Uh, it's great to hear from you and great to talk to you. My pleasure, uh, Bernie, as always. Um, and I see you're as busy as ever. How's the how's the music business going? The music business is going great. I am having a great time, uh, even uh, more now that things have been uh, opening up. Uh, a lot of opportunities to play music outside of my room, <laughs> which, which is always good. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going great. I'm, I'm becoming a, a better musician uh, with time, and I'm uh, more comfortable playing in front of crowds, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Uh, I've, I've been all over the place, playing in uh, Chicago. I played in uh, L.A. Uh, uh, for the uh, All-Star Game. I'm going to have a little bit of the gig down there. Uh, and uh, uh, uh I am going to be at, uh, at the Richfield Playhouse, uh, my annual uh, softball slash outdoor concert event. On oh, August 13th, I know. But wait a second. Here's a guy who stood in the batter's box in a sold-out Yankee Stadium in front of 48 or 50,000 fans screaming at the top of their lungs, millions more watching on television across the country, Face, you know, with the with games on the line, with pennants on the line, with World Series on the lines, and was one of the great clutch hitters, and never ever even looked like you were breathing hard. And you're going to tell me you were nervous when you were playing in front of a crowd in with with the guitar? Absolutely, absolutely, no question about it. I mean, playing baseball. Uh, it was great, but it's such a different dynamic. I mean, when you're playing baseball and you, and you strike out or, or, or you fail and you're a bad, you can always blame somebody else. <laughs> you can always say, oh, the umpire called bad pitch on me. Oh, I broke my bat. Or, you know, this or that. Uh, and there's a lot of things that you cannot control. But in music, man, you, that, when that spotlight shines on you and you're playing your first couple of notes – and you got everybody's attention. Oh man, it, it could be it could be nerve wracking. But uh, uh, practicing, you know, long enough and uh, being more comf- comfortable, you know, within you know that space has uh, really helped me a lot. So I, I'm really happy, you know, where I'm at. Uh, you know, as it uh, pertains to that. Bernie, in baseball, it's right there in black and white. You either produce, you don't produce. The numbers are there. Everything is kept. There's a there's a batting average. There's an on base percentage. There's clutch hits. There's late game situations. There's everything. How do yes. you know you're getting better as a musician? What what tells you that you're getting better as a musician? Oh my, that's such a great question uh, because this is exactly what you said. You know, you can actually, uh, um, you know. Uh, tell about the value of a player of uh, how good a, car- a career a player had 
uh, solely by the numbers. Uh, some of these numbers will tell a, a great story about the player. Uh, in music, there's no there's no points or, or lack of points for bad notes played or or bad you know you know right. there, there's nothing like that. There's no stats kept. Uh, so the way that I measure my success is uh, through the places that I play and the people that I play with. I mean, if you have a guy like uh, Bruce Springsteen saying, uh, you know, or willing to put in his name uh, uh, with me playing on stage, you know, he's not going to try to embarrass himself. So he's going to try to associate himself with people that he believes that have some kind of talent. Uh, Mr. Paul Simon uh, and the list, the list goes on. Uh, James Taylor and, and, and on and on and on. Uh, they have been able to listen to me and uh create this sort of assessment that is not necessarily the novelty of the baseball player, but it's somebody that really has a great interest in music and, and really has a lot of passion for it as well. So uh, every time I had an opportunity to play with people like that in places like Yoshi's and Oakland, you know, uh, the Blue Note in New York, you know, the Richfield Playhouse in, in Connecticut, places like that, I mean, it tells me that I'm doing the right thing and I, I, it just makes me even more motivated to keep practicing and becoming the best musician that I can be. I'm Mike Francesa, the Mike Francesa podcast. That is the familiar voice of uh, Bernie Williams, who joins us now. I'll tell you where Bernie's going to be. He's even going to be in, in Saratoga this summer, which I'll get to in a little while. Um, you know, Bernie, as you get a little further remu farther removed from your playing days, you go back you get the appreciation of old timers day and, and the people who were there in the nineties and the two early two thousands. Now they have kids and they tell them, Hey, here's the guy. This was my favorite. This was your, the adulation is always enormous. You're always one of the most popular figures uh, on the day whenever you show up and, and, and are presented to the crowd as you get farther away from it. What do you appreciate most about what you accomplished? I, I, I mean, that, that's an awesome question, uh, Mike. And I, my answer to that is that I, I appreciate, uh, uh, you know, going back and looking in hindsight, you know, the way that we were consistent uh, year after year. We created a, a culture uh, and an environment in that clubhouse uh, with the Yankees, the years that we played that were, I mean, I haven't been able to, to see other places or very few places that can equal, you know, that camaraderie. Uh, that uh, just environment of winning and everybody buying into the same philosophy, you know, with Joe Torre at the, at the front, forefront uh, leading us. It was just an incredible experience. And, uh, you know, we were talking about numbers. The numbers showed, you know, over that span of time, how great that team was. And it became uh, sort of a, you know, you, we all know how difficult it is to win championships. You know, especially in this day and age, you know, with people moving all over the place. We created an environment in, in which it was suspected for us to win. And if it didn't win, we had a bad year. I mean, it, it, I cannot see any team, you know, very few teams in the history of the sports that you have that sort of expectations. But it, it was because of the team was that good uh, for such a long period of time. And that consistency is one of the things that I really appreciate. And the fans appreciated that. Uh, as well, every every time we go to uh, Old Timers Day, they do appreciate you know the fact that we had that great run and uh, it was uh, highly entertaining for them. Bernie, you know there was a a, a number uh, and for your long and distinguished career, um, you played in 
for your years that you played, for the years you were in the major leagues, I believe it was at one point, now maybe it changed the last year or something like that, but there was a point where you had played more winning games than any player for like those years. You you were the winningest player for all those years. Um, that's an amazing thing that sometimes, you know, play, look at Mike, look at a Mike Trout. He never wins. You know, look at these guys yeah. who are top players who never seem to even get to the playoffs. You played in winning games year after year after year after year. Did it become commonplace? I think that the, the winning attitude became commonplace. And I think that's what you need to start with. I mean, we created, a, uh, you know, in that, in that run, every, everybody in that team really thought that we had a great opportunity to win that game on that particular day. Every time we showed up to the stadium, we said, we're going to win this game. I mean, uh, I mean, I was pointing out to 1998, uh, which was a, a year that uh, these Yankees are trying to emulate. You know, it was just that. I mean, I, I could uh, probably have a great time, you know, just kind of like talking to those guys this year, talking about their attitude and how they are coming to the stadium, thinking that they can win every game that they play. Uh, and that's kind of like what we were having, you know, uh, in that year. You know, it, we, it was just an amazing feeling, and it kind of snowballed into having weeks and weeks of success. Maybe we will lose a game one in like every, you know, nine or ten days. And it was just this uh, commonality that we had and this great attitude that we had that we, you know, we were just going to win. And uh, it became commonplace, not necessarily the expectation of winning, but the attitude. Uh, and that would definitely propel us to win close games, to win tight games, to, to not really let up if we had a, 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 a big lead. Uh, and having, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the great honor to play with uh, Derek and Mariano and Paul and Tino and all those guys, Jorge, uh, Posada, I mean, it was just a tremendous team effort. I mean, it was just uh, just a, a wonderful experience for me. You know, recently the Yankees have gotten to the playoffs a lot and they haven't won. This year, everyone's pointing to the phenomenal year, comparing it to 61, comparing it to 98. They have to prove they can win like those teams did. That's what made those teams great teams is because they did win. They did dominate right through the postseason. Can you see anything that's different in this team than the last couple of Yankee teams? Do you see anything that stands out to you that looks a little different this year? I think so. I mean, I think that obviously the, the, the emergence of uh, 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 Nestor has become, you know, such a, such a great thing because I think maybe Cole uh, 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 was feeling the heat, you know, being the guy. You know, the guy that, you know, everybody would like, you know, uh, have that sort of expectation for win to, uh, for him to win every game. I think the addition of uh, Nestor uh, and all those guys, I mean, the, you know, the emergence of all these people in the bullpen has created that sort of safety net when you have a, a lead, uh, you know, between the seventh, uh, eighth and ninth inning. Those guys are going to come in and uh, are going to do the job. I think, you know, it, 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 it's a lot of similarities with our team when we have Mariano and then we have Stanton and Nelson and all those guys, you know, setting up the, you know, the game for him. Uh, and also uh, just, you know, it, it, it is, it is interesting to see, you know, how they're just find ways to win. 
and uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, if it's Stanton just hitting something, or Judge, or or Lemayhew, or Glaber, uh, it seems like it, it, in, in these teams and these situations, it seems like every day there's a new hero, and everybody's kind of willing to take the the reins and and have and be that guy that is going to provide. Uh, you know, the, the heroics for the game on that day. And they are great spreading the wealth, playing a little bit of a still, still swinging for the fences, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's just a game that the way it's played, uh, you know, nowadays. But uh, they have this attitude of just, you know, working the counts and sharing the wealth. And everybody has this sort of, a, uh, uh, you know, this uh, zeal that uh, I'm going to be the guy that is going to uh, win the game for us today. I think a, a lot of that is uh, very similar to what we had in 98. You know, I think when you look back at it, and we're talking with Bernie Williams, when you look at it from 96, when the Yankees won for the first time in a long time, and you had such a great, yeah, a great year and a great postseason, and then having that run in 98, 99, 2000, winning all those World Series games in a row, and winning those championships in a row, having won four in five years, winning three in a row right like that, going to the World Series again and after that in 01 and 03. I, I, know we, I know we said at the time, hey, there's going to be a time we look back on these teams and realize just how special they were. But I think it's been even more so. It just shows, look at it, the Yankees have been to one World Series in 20 years. They won in 09. They haven't been to a World Series since 09. They've only been to one World Series since 03. We knew we were looking at something special, but when you realize, I mean, your team's won, you know, all those, you know, won 12 straight World Series. I think, no, 14 straight World Series games in a row. Uh, and things like that, which just were utterly remarkable. Won four in five years, won three in a row. And now you look and see, how hard that really was to accomplish, you realize just how special you and those group of guys were. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Mike. Uh, it, it, you just kind of like, you know, uh, again, just just uh, pointing out to the culture and the environment that we had. Uh, I think, you know, obviously I've said this a million times, but we got to give the front office and Mr. Steinbrenner uh, and uh, everybody over there that had, the, you know, the decision to make of keeping us together, you know, Cashman, uh, uh, they kept the core of the team intact, you know, for the most part in those years. And I think that that spoke volumes about, you know, their ability to spend money, one, and two, they're, you know, obviously creating this environment where you didn't want a, a, a lot of individuals playing on that team. We had a lot of team players that were able to spread their wealth. And I think, you know, if I could go back to the Yankees this year, I think there's a lot of, of those similarities and obviously, uh, knowing that they have gone through so much uh, adversity, this particular group has—they uh, have been so close uh, to being, you know, in the World Series, and they haven't been able to do it. So I think, you know, those uh, bad experiences of uh, uh, coming up short have definitely had helped them. Uh, this year, because I, they know how it feels to 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 not be able to to get it, to, you know, to get it through. Uh, so I think you know they knowing that uh, it's not like they're taking anything for granted, and and I think uh, a lot of that uh, attitude has uh, uh, been very helpful for them this year as well. You know, I asked Joe Torrey once. I said, Joe, why do you think Bernie's so good in the clutch? And he said, I think everything Bernie has a pace and a motor. He said that I think 
is a perfect timing and a perfect sense of proportion for that during the postseason that you don't get, you never got really hyped up. You were able to slow everything down. You took things like at bats and were able to be very calm in there. And, you know, that was the way you always were, you know, like, like Joe would say, Hey, you know, Bernie could, you know, you'd be looking for him and he could be nodding off in the, in the, in the, when we're having a meeting or, you know, lying on the couch somewhere. But you know what? I think that's why you were so good in the postseason. Do you think it was the ability to slow things down that made you so successful? I think uh, that had a lot to do with it. The ability to slow things down is one thing. Also, I, I, would, I would like to mention that, you know, as I kept myself sort of not getting too excited when things were going really well, uh, at the same time, I didn't get too down if things were not going as well. So it's just kind of keeping that level head uh, and, uh, uh, you know, sort of like that neutral uh, mentality where you are kind of thinking ahead uh, to the next at bat and not really uh, make, I mean, to put yourself in a position to celebrate too much when you're doing well, because then you're starting, you're starting to forget, you know, that what's, what lies ahead. Uh, so I think those two things were really helpful, you know, being able to slow things down, uh, taking a deep breath and taking command of the time that was allotted to me to, to do these things. I think, you know, the game, uh, has gone into this sort of attitude of trying to speed up the game uh, because obviously the times that we're living. But there's something to be said about taking a deep breath and really focus on what you have to do in real time uh, that, I mean, that maybe uh, uh, years ago was uh, nothing to, to really worry about. But I was one of those guys that would took my time. And if I did not feel ready, I would just be the first guy to, to call time out and say, hey, I need to reset my mind and get ready again. And I, I really make no qualms about that. So, uh, I, you know, taking, taking control of the time that I was and being in the moment uh, was definitely one of those things that helped me. You know, it's funny. I remember mentioning to you, I said, you know, they should speed the game up. Don't let the guys, the batters step out of the box. And you said to me, no way. That's a tool for me. That's important. <laughs> and you know, you know who said that too to me? Big Poppy. Big Poppy said, the heck with you. I'm stepping out whenever I want. And you yes. said the same thing. That's what I do. That's how I play the pitcher. Yes. Uh, just uh, because I think it's just a battle for time and controlling and being, you know, uh, being in ownership of that time that you are in the batter's box. And, uh, to me, you know, the one thing that I would definitely feel a lot frustrated, you know, at the course of the game was uh, if I would go through an at-bat and I noticed that after the at-bat, I was not mentally prepared. You know, I was I didn't have my my, you know, my my uh, thought process and, in, in, you know, in place. Uh, I was rushed to do something. And uh, going into those at-bats, you know, coming back from them, I will feel the most frustrated because I knew that it was just a matter of taking control of that time and making sure that I was 100% in the moment uh, to be able to execute, you know, the way that I was expected to. Uh, so, yeah, those at-bats were, for me, the most frustrated, man. But uh, uh, for the most part, I was able to, you know, take my time. And uh, uh, I know, I remember some of the umpires were trying to get me to go in the box. It was like, hey, man, this is my time. I need to do, I need to do this. You know, I'm not trying to show anybody off, but th this is what I need to do to be ready. 
Two things with Bernie Williams I want to mention. Two appearances. One, the charity event, the softball game. Uh, first, he'll be at uh, the Ridgefield Playhouse in Ridgefield, Connecticut on Saturday, August 13th. Uh, they'll have their traditional celebrity softball game uh, and then a concert after that. And Bernie is bringing in a bunch of the old Yankees, including Mariano, Jeff Nelson, Willie Randolph, already scheduled to play. Many others will be named shortly. After the game, Bernie will perform uh, an outdoor concert right at the field at the Playhouse. For tickets and info, go to RidgefieldPlayhouse.org. That's RidgefieldPlayhouse.org. And then over Labor Day weekend, Bernie's going up to Saratoga to the spa, to the racetrack. And on Sunday, September 4th, he will be there for the Stars at the Spa series. Bernie will be there from 12 to 3 at the Saratoga racetrack, which that day, I can tell you, that Sunday, Bernie, there'll only be about 55,000 people there on that Sunday, uh, <laughs> September 4th. Uh, that's about what they usually draw the day before it closes on Labor Day. Fans will have a chance to meet with Bernie. There's two different ways. At the new paddock suite, where 50 guests can be in the paddock suite overlooking the uh, paddock at Saratoga. They have food and drink, and Bernie will be having uh, a chat about, you know, his career and music and everything else. There's also a ticketed meet and greet at the Jockey Silk Porch that includes photo opportunities and signed headshots. So he'll be at 1 from 12 to 2, limited to 50 guests, and then the photo and autograph session from 2 to 3, at the Jockey's uh, Silk Room right there at the uh, Legendary Spa. So Bernie will be up there. And like I said, there'll be a small crowd of about 50,000 to welcome <laughs> Bernie that day at, at, at the place. So he'll, you'll enjoy it. It'll be jam-packed. So you can see Bernie up there over Labor Day weekend if you're planning to hit the spa sometime over the uh, final days of summer. So Bernie's keeping busy. And I understand that you're in the wine business now. Yes, yes. The people from uh, Millbrook Wineries up in uh, uh, Mil Millbrook, New York. Uh, I, it was the oddest thing. I just showed up there last year. I was just riding my in my motorcycle, just kind of like uh, you know taking the scenery. Uh, you know, coming from uh, the CIA, you know, the, the Culinary Institute of uh, Poughkeepsie, took a sort of a reroute in getting into Connecticut, and I just kind of ran into this winery. And I was like, oh, you know, let me let me just take a look and see what it is like. Uh, there was some music there. The place was beautiful. And uh, I guess I had an opportunity to talk to the manager. The manager had an opportunity to, you know, sort of exchange information. One thing led to another. We got Steve Fortunato involved. And let, guess what? Next thing I know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm blending some reds. And I'm coming out with my own Bernie Williams blend. Uh, for And then uh, we launched it uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in a concert outdoors. And it was just the, the greatest time. It was just uh, incredible. Uh, so do you get heavily involved now? Have you gotten very involved in the business? I am. I mean, I'm heavily involved in the wink in the drinking part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, making wine is it. I, I definitely, uh, 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 was able to understand, uh, a little bit of the process and gain, uh, enormous amount of admiration for the people that do this for a living because, I mean, you have to deal with so many things. I mean, uh, baseball players, 
have so many variables that they cannot control. Talking about winemakers, you're talking about weather, you know, bugs, you know, everything that you know can, can interfere with with a whole vintage uh, of grapes. Uh, and they have to find that consistency. I mean, this is probably one of the hardest uh, jobs that you will ever have, uh, you know, trying to be, you know, one of the best. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a lot of appreciation for those people. And Old Timers Day is around the corner. How, how about that now? As the years go by, you, you know, you're used to any player who plays on it. You, know, you guys played in front of full houses every day. And you were used to playing in front of 50,000, huge ovations. Now that that isn't so commonplace, do you get a kick out of putting the uniform on like on old times day? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And, I mean, I'll tell you from, from two perspectives. One, when I was a former player. I mean, when I was a player. <laughs> and now I'm a former player. But when I was a player, I used to see those guys coming in. And they would be like, you know, wearing, you know, normal clothes, you know, get, you know, like Mickey Mantle, you know, Whitey Ford, Moose, you know, Hank Bauer. You see all those guys coming in in their, you know, the normal clothes. As soon as they would put the uniform on, you would see them just, I mean, they were like back in the 50s, you know, and just kind of teasing each other and just having a great time. And I kind of like had a little bit of a kick out of that when I was playing. But now I totally understand, you know, the whole dynamic, you know, you, I mean, like a lot of nicks and pains, you know, it's like all these post-playing thing, you know, two, two knee operations, uh, two bad shoulders. And, I'm, you know, it's not, it's not ideal to walk around every day, you know, dealing with, you know, a certain amount of pain and whatever. As soon as I put that uniform on in old-timers day, everything disappears. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm 26 again. And I mean, I, I, I just have the best time uh, just you know, really feeling the, the warmth of the crowd uh, and, uh, you know, all their appreciation and, and just having the, you know, an opportunity to hang out with all these players. You know, we're kind of like the new generation of, le- of relics, you know, the Yankees of the 90s. This is, uh, we're the ones that they call now, you know, to do all these things. Uh, uh, but, uh, I, I never, I try never to miss a chance to do that because, um, it's just, a, uh, just a great thing. It just kind of takes me back to all those years that, uh, some of the best years of my life that I lived past, you know, back in the nineties. And, you know, listen, you also, no one knows if they're going to be someone who's that kind of crowd favorite. You are an enormous crowd favorite. You gave them a lot of thrills, a lot of victories, a lot of championships, but some guys just connect. You connected with the New York crowd. They loved you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I connected with them because I, you know, once I, I never really took for granted uh, the fact that I, that I uh, was a, a New York Yankee. Uh, as a matter of fact, I even took it more to, to, uh, to heart when I knew and really started uh, realizing who I, who I was trying to feel uh, the shoes, you know, in that position. I mean, when you talk about trying to be a guy that is playing the same position that Joe DiMaggio played, that Mickey Mantle played, you know, like Mickey Rivers played, uh, you know, all those great Yankee center fielders. Uh, it, it, I mean, to me, it was just uh, such a such a great honor. As, and I, as I got older, I really got to uh, to appreciate it even more. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was just it was just an incredible time. I was just fortu- so fortunate to be a part of that organization. Uh, still am. And uh, just to you know, spend, uh, you know, those years you know, playing, uh, people, you know, play for, you know, so- sometime and never get an opportunity to, to even 
uh, sniff the postseason. And uh, it seems like every year of my career, I was involved uh, in some postseason activity, uh, you know, uh, play, the playoffs and the, and the, and the World Series. So uh, it, it was just a great honor and uh, such a great pleasure to be part of it. Well, listen, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You know, it, it's amazing how, uh, how many years have gone by. It really is. But uh, again, enjoy the summer. Uh, I know you're doing well. I'm glad everything is good. Uh, and uh, we'll see you along the way. I'll probably bump into you before you know it. And, you know, it looks like we'll have a busy October at Yankee Stadium. So I'm sure I'll see you there one time or another. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to that. Thank, Thank you, you Bernie. so much. Thanks very Take much. Care. Take care. Absolutely. Bernie Williams. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. One thing in closing, and we thank Bernie Williams for his time. Um, a couple of weeks back, I got an email. And the email asked me, who did I think all the team, big sport, team sports included, who did I think was the most underrated player of the past 50 years? So that's the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Well, let's go from 1970 to 2020. That's the 50 years. The most underrated player. And I gave it a lot of thought. And what makes an underrated player? Can he get no attention? Did he get some attention? Did he maybe not play in the biggest market? Did he have to be underpaid? No. Did he have to not play on the best teams? No. The guy that I thought of, and I want, and I, I thought it had to be a great player that is going to be the most underrated. And to me, the guy that probably has slipped the nation's consciousness. Was he ever the topic of conversation? Was he ever the focal point? The answer is no, but he was prolific in so many ways. And the guy that I came up with was Tim Duncan. Every year he won. All the all-NBA teams, all the all-star teams, all the all-defensive teams. The championships, the MVPs, the postseason, the finals MVPs. But he never was a guy who had any sizzle. Never was the guy who was talked about or debated nationally. Never was the guy who was, you know, he wasn't. Michael, obviously, he wasn't LeBron. He wasn't Kobe. Uh, you can think of so many players who have gotten so much attention for what he accomplished and what his team accomplished year after year. Even his nickname, which Shaq gave him, which is the best of all his nicknames, the big fundamental, just shows you that his fundamental, fundamental nature was his highlight. His dependability was his highlight. That he could be relied on always. And he always came through. That's the highlight. So I'm sure someone might have a different opinion. Tim Duncan did win MVPs. He did win five championships. 
he did make over $245 million as a player. But I think he was the guy. I, I really gave this some thought. and I, I even asked some different people, and, and the guy I kept coming back to was him. So I said I'd answer it, and that's my answer. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.